Hello, this is the Deeper One. This is the Deeper Love Podcast. This is episode two of the Narcissist series. And I have a guest, as I promised y'all today, on my last podcast. If you did not hear it, go back and check it out. Episode one of the I Love Narcissist podcast. And I said I was going to have a guest. And I do. I would like to introduce y'all today to... Anastasia, the mindset catalyst. Welcome, Anastasia. Hi, Deeper One. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Glad you could come on and chop it up with me a little bit on our one of our favorite, favorite, most favorite topics. <laughs> Narcissist. <laughs> it's everybody's favorite topic. Oh man. It kind of feels like it's been like the go-to word for the last couple of years. People really discovering that their partners are narcissists out there. And um, we've talked about it in the past. And, you know, I've dated many narcissists. You've dated narcissists. And I kind of wanted to, to get into this episode a little bit more in depth um, than I did in episode one about you know, prior partners who were narcissists. So I'm going to start with you, Anastasia. Kind of give us a little bit of background on you and your experience with a narcissist. So I would say, I don't know that I've dated many narcissists, but as soon as I identified narcissists, that flipped my life upside down, but also was and still continues to be my greatest teacher on this earth um it was easier for me at that point then to be able to identify narcissists moving forward if that makes sense yeah because i feel like when you're in the mix of it at first you actually don't know what is happening and if you're a really nice person which some people call them empaths i don't i don't you know I don't use that word. I'm not sure that I know the real definition of it. But if you grew up in a nice home with good parents, you know, like pure hearts, that kind of background where they didn't teach you about basically the evil that exists in the world, I think most likely you're going to find a narcissist and that person is going to change your life completely. So, um, So I would say my experience is solely based on the one, although, you know, it's interesting. Um, My belief is that that narcissist was not your first narcissist. Your first narcissist was either one of your parents or both parents or caregivers from when you were a child. So. (laughs) um, You agree? Yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, when you start to really navigate through that and you start to become more aware and you start to emotionally detach from the drama and the chaos and you can start seeing things more logically and clearly, eventually you get to this point where you're like, huh, this feeling like where did this feeling come from? I've had this feeling before. And so then when you can actually start to connect the dots, you can even connect the dot down to like this one 
uh, episode in your life when you were younger, a child, whether it was five, six, seven, eight, um, there was a moment where that feeling that you had with one of your caregivers, that feeling that you had is almost identical to that feeling that you would be having at that, like in the future, like let's say now with your narcissist, mm-hmm. whether it's shame, humiliation, but it's one of those and it's intense and it's huge. It's a huge feeling. So um, what do you want me to talk about exactly with the narcissist? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm going to, you know, what I want to kind of introduce the audience to is kind of what I find to be certain criteria that will help you identify Mm. a narcissist. Okay. Because, you know, like I said, we, you know, that word gets thrown around a lot and there, you know, as I talked about in the first episode that there's a lot in between, we'll say your regular person and how they feel about themselves and a narcissist because we have people who are self-absorbed mm-hmm. you know self-centered um, anything that has to do with self but that doesn't necessarily make them a narcissist they just might love themselves too much and think the world revolves around them a narcissist has a very very much more advanced character traits about themselves and I'm gonna share a few for y'all right now to help you <laughs> be able to identify if your loved one is indeed a narcissist. Um, so here's some of the criteria. Number one, a narcissist generally feels kind of grandiose and self-important. So they like to exaggerate accomplishments and talents and skills, um, personality traits to the point of lying making demands of recognition, you know, as superior without kind of any commensurate achievements. Basically, you know, I'm the shit, love me, I'm the best for no reason. Right. They're generally obsessed with fantasies of, you know, unlimited success, fame, um, power, unequaled brilliance, whether it's, you know, cerebral, body or beauty or sexual, and any type of ideal of everlasting and all-conquering love or passion. And, and that's a big one. That is a huge one. We'll round back to that one a little bit later. Okay. Uh, they are firmly convinced that they are unique and special and can only be understood, should only be treated by or associated with other special unique or high status people they require crazy amount of admiration mm-hmm. um, adulation attention and affirmation oh man, that one for me is crazy. huge yeah that one for me is huge that's like a that's the one of the biggest red flags in my opinion oh, yeah. to identify I one i agree mm-hmm. um, feel very entitled they demand automatic and full compliance um, with their very unreasonable expectations for special and favorable priority treatment. Um, and they like to use others to achieve their own ends. They don't have any empathy. 
They're unable and unwilling to identify with, acknowledge or accept the feelings, needs, preferences, priorities, and choices of others. That one was a huge, a huge win for me in my last relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, This next one is also as well. Constantly envious of others and seeks to hurt or destroy, you know, objects of their frustration. Um, They're kind of paranoid and delusional. And they think that they should feel the same. You should feel the same the way they feel and see the same way they see. Yeah, I, I can go on that one too. And lastly, <laughs> they behave very arrogantly um, and haughtily and they feel superior, you know, omnipotent, omniscient, invincible, immune, like they're above the law, that nothing that they can ever do is wrong. And you can't tell them any different. And they kind of rage when they're frustrated, contradicted, or confronted, you know, by people that question them. And so those are really the main character traits of your narcissist. And it's a good look for these, look for these. Now, Anastasia, as you said, there were some, there were some key points. Which ones were kind of a top of list for you in your experience? So I just need to add that you've identified the um, overt narcissist, and that's the issue that a lot of people miss. There's also the covert one. And um, you can find those people even on social media if you look. So the covert narcissist is the one that is, they keep showing the world like, oh, wow, look at me. Like I'm the single mom or I'm the single dad. And I, they constantly are posting pictures of their kids and everything that they're doing and all the money that they're donating and where they went to the food drive to help. And they helped those people that were in need. Like they actually will post every little thing that they do. And whereas I want to note that I know a lot of people that donate tremendous amounts of money but they're not posting it constantly on social media. Nobody knows what they're doing. So there's a distinction, right? So people believe, oh my God, this person, they're also part of the church. They also do the, um, what is it called? You know, they're a coach on this team, but at home, nobody knows that that person is an animal. And the person that they're abusing and are an animal too are the interpersonal people in their lives. And that's usually their spouse or their mate, their kids. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe a mom or dad, um, something like that. You have to be very close to them because that is their greatest narc supply. And so, but I think what is synonymous with both, with the covert and the overt narcissist is if you want to figure out if one of them is, say no to them about something that they want. It could be... They really want to go somewhere with you. Say no to them. They maybe want to have sex with you. Say no to them. See how they respond because a regular person will accept the answer, you know, and gracefully peace out or whatnot. But the narcissist will not do that. They will either fly into a rage and it's ugly and it's disgusting and it's nasty and they yell and scream at the top of their lungs. Um, Or they're going to treat you with disrespect or they're going to continue to harass you to try to make you say yes to whatever that is. 
I've noticed that. Um, the other thing I think as far as narcissists is their level of cruelty is beyond rational human comprehension. They're nasty and disgusting and they will use things like they'll use your Achilles heel, right? To hurt you. Like, let's just say, for example, somebody grew up in a foster home. Let's just pretend, right? They will, during an argument, say, well, yeah, your mom hated you so much. That's why she left you and you ended up in the foster home, which a human being, any human being with half a heart would never even go there ever. Even if they were that angry that they wanted to say something like that, they would just not go there. Um, and then the other one that just really cracks me up is, you know, you mentioned that too. It's the overinflation. Like they can do no wrong. They're literally the best. Everything you do is not nearly as good as what they've done. And the consistent need for appreciation and admiration. They need so much appreciation, for example, for doing mundane things like taking out the garbage or washing the dishes. Like this is what we all have to do. I do not have to say thank you a million times because you wash the dishes. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> triggered <laughs> like, you're you know you're so you're so right with that um the deflection is just uncanny with a narcissist they're, they're experts at deflection they are experts at you know wanting to be admired but they kind of go in their own stages where, you know, they kind of love you up. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the love bomb. Of course. <laughs> you know, but next thing you know, as you were talking about, then they can be nasty. I mean, my my most recent narcissist, our arguments were just brutal, brutal. And the funny thing is, is it was easy for her to just rip me apart. Now, I'm a Gemini, so I play this game very well. And my, my mouth is a machete when you <laughs> take me there. And so, like, she really wasn't prepared for my mouth. And the thing is, is my mouth is not nasty. Like, I'm going to speak the truth when I speak it. But I think when you speak the truth about someone eloquently mm -hmm. and with tact... That makes them even more mad than if you just went off and started talking like a crazy person, which is generally what a narcissist narcissist does. And they expect full compliance from you instead of you, you know, saying, "Hey, hold up, hold the fuck up!" Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not with, I'm not with that. And then what they'll do is, and they'll, you know. They'll be quiet. They'll be silent. They will ignore you for days. You know, it, it's craziness is, is, is what it is. And they try to appear to be charming. I would have friends that be like, I don't, I really have a hard time believing that she's this way. That's the covert. And one time. That's the covert right. one. Mm -hmm. So one time I, 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 we had an argument and I recorded the argument. And I let my best friend listen to it. And I said, this is this is the, the beautiful soft soul that you think <laughs> I'm with. 
listen to her. Yeah. You know, and, and listen to the argument from beginning to end, where it started, where it could have been, but where it went. And, and now tell me. And that's what they do. They're very good at that and making everyone believe, you know, that they're the best and they're perfect. And even after we broke up, she um, she posted text messages of us going back and forth of my responses to her nastiness, but leaving her text out. Classic smear campaign. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. They're professionals at it. Which, which, you know what? I hope your audience can also recognize that. Like, um, that's another red flag. And, you know, I've made a, a video about that on the TikTok. Um, if you have a friend even who is going on Facebook, for example, and they start writing, you know, I, I'm friends with a lot of people that I don't even know. I've actually started to weed them out. But I remember there was this guy and he got on Facebook and he just started saying, this was the lady that had his child. She did this and she did this and she's a hoe and she cheated on me and on and on. And that right there, that right there, if it's not a narcissist, it's an emotionally dysregulated human being that I do not even want to have anywhere on my feed. It's he's trying to smear this person and humiliate them. And that right there, if you have anybody that you know that does that, be very, very <laughs> weary of those people. Don't ever rub them the wrong way and stay like arm's length. That's my recommendation. So. So how do you, how do you get away from a narcissist? How did, how did you... I don't remember fully with your story. Did you not find your out your your guy was a narcissist well after the fact, or was it over the course during the relationship and then you tried to find your way out? So I, if I'm being completely honest, which I really hope that people can start to be honest with themselves, um, the reason that you fell you fell for the narcissist, they usually do love bomb you in one way shape or form and they can only love bomb you if that part of you is still empty if you have not filled that up if you have not basically started to learn to at least self-love and love yourself um when they come in and they sweep you off your feet like that your thoughts are like it's almost like they're affirming who your your parents could have affirmed you do you know what i mean but they didn't and so here you are this person comes in they're like oh my god you're amazing you're gorgeous you're beautiful I have so much fun with you like where have you been my whole life and you're thinking like oh my god I hit the jackpot this I've been looking for this human my entire freaking life oh my god right boom so now your defenses are down and if again if you're a good person you go in you go into that with your arms wide open so I had no clue what I was walking into so But I knew, at least it was like seven months later, I knew something was odd, but I just didn't know what it was. Like, I felt like, you know, because the insults come very, very, they're very sneaky and they're very subtle, you know? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And and you're still trying to you're emotionally detached you're you're attached to this person now, right? So you want to actually please them. But a person that is full at that point, if they start seeing somebody's complaining to them, for example, they're going to say like, "Listen, this is who I am. I do my best." And honestly, I mean, like, if you don't like it, you know, you're free to go. Like, I'm not going to take these insults even if they're so minute and minor. That's something I would say today. I mean, I probably would even be like, "Adios." But anyway, going back to where I was, you don't really you know something's odd and you know something's off, but you don't exactly know what because this has never happened to you before. So, I actually really started to see things when I was pregnant. So, um I share a child with this individual and that's when things really started to hit the fan. And it was I was like, "Oh my god, am I going to bring a child into this?" You know what I mean? It was a very very mm-hmm not the best point in my life but I went through I had her and I was still I was still attached still attached to a certain point but then what ended up started happening which I try to tell all my you know the girls that I coach the best thing that you can do is start to educate yourself on the topic whatever that topic is google it and then you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff come up and that's what I started to do and i was like oh my god he's verbally abusing me oh my god and this and that and oh my god and then i started to see also that he was like he would do like sneaky stuff you know um he he took i guess he was taking clothes from my closet when he would come over without me knowing and after a year he came back with a bag of my clothes and he's like look at you have so many clothes like did you miss these clothes and i had i remember looking for this one red blouse you know and i went through my whole closet couldn't find it and just i was like oh i don't who knows where it went right so like a year later he shows it to me so they just do this like weird stuff like he also went on my cable account somehow and he got a box that i was paying for in my account like they do weird stuff and i'm like this is mild i have clients where they have stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars so mhm you cannot escape a narcissist until you really start to understand what the hell is happening to you so oh yeah it, i tony it took a long time it took me a long 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 time <laughs> because you start learning but you still don't have the courage you still don't have the self love you know what i mean there's still a part of you that thinks well maybe oh my god look at he's understanding me today maybe we've turned a corner maybe things are going to be better that right that right there that statement wasted up uh, but then you just get to this point when you just have a support group keep learning about it or seek therapy or listen to podcasts or audiobooks or what not eventually little by little your strength you know it just starts to build and so that is how i was able to be like you know what this is bullshit i deserve better because i'm a worthy human being so you know you just you do get to that point when then you're like this is done and then there's no emotion attached to that it's not like all the tears and all the crying and whatever else goes on but it was like i'm done like there's nothing that you can tell me you're never going to change i actually like who i am regardless of how you dislike me you know and that's that and if i have to be alone i mean i'm okay with that too 
I mean, you've you've definitely come a long way with that, and and I would say in dealing with people that that have narcissists in their lives, like it it will take a long time to get to where you are. And in my last relationship, like I'd recognized all the signs and the flags because I've dealt with narcissists my whole life. Yeah. So I I, I knew what to look for. I knew, but. I may, oh, well, um, let me give them the benefit of the doubt. And before it was, I could change them or, you know, they'll change because of me. And then once I learned that, no, that's not going to happen. It turned into giving them the benefit of the doubt, which then turned into, you you can't give them the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You you just can't because narcissists will, will be narcissists to the day that they die. Yeah. And when you when you're gone, they'll just move on to the next victim. But it takes a very long time to get there. And what from what you know, my experience has been, and from what I see other people going through, is you have to have a level of strength within yourself, and and a, a good grasp on your own self worth, self value, self love, in order to pull yourself away from a narcissist. Because if you don't, it'll take you forever to get out. Forever. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add something. I think one of the reasons that a lot of us also like hung in there with the narcissist for longer than we could have or should have. I think that we like science experiments. So he became kind of like a little science project. Like, "Hmm, what is he going to do today? You know what I mean? Like I was watching him and if I did this I wanted to see what was he going to do I'm not even kidding you it became like a science project in my mind and I do believe that a lot of people when they hang in there longer than that it's that's one of the reasons and then the second thing is had it not been for this narcissist though I would not have gone on that journey to love myself so I do say he is my greatest teacher and my greatest nightmare at the same time so it's yeah that's but that's just my perspective you know right right um you know definitely you know i would say your mileage may vary (laughs) with the different (laughs) narcissists you know um, but a, a lot of the things that, that I, I hear people dealing with and going through, they're they're at the early stage of the game, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to get damaged quite a bit. Yep. Before you get to the point where you can beat the narcissist, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's your first one. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where where people need to kind of realize that all right they got to get a hold of it before they get sucked in completely you know and in my last relationship i was sucked in i i we went on that first date and like i was in love yeah the moment that i saw i saw her love at first sight and just all this charm and all she said everything that i wanted to hear just played me like a fiddle like perfection it was a master. Master. <laughs> I yeah. fell for it. <laughs> right. 
I fell for it and I fell for it hard. And I was so, so in at this point, I'm like, like I, I would know shit. And for instance, I'd break up with her. I think I broke up with her like seven times over the course of the two and a half years we dated um, be- because of the narcissism. And, you know, she knew how to play the game to get me right back. Well, the last time was it. You know, I was done, done at that point. But mm-hmm. I had to go through the seven times before that, before I realized, like, well, fuck, no, I can't keep doing this anymore. So it uh, it, it was crazy. But we're going to take a quick um, break here, a little quick commercial break, and then we'll be back and we'll talk a little bit more in one minute. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Deep Love Podcast. We are in the second segment of the I Love Narcissist series. And this is episode two with my guest today, Anastasia, the mindset catalyst. <laughs> you know, we let me explain why we have to take the little commercial break, just so y'all know in the future. See, on Anchor, which is where we record the podcast on the app you can only record for 30 minutes so at the two minute mark i like i have to wind it down to stop the recording as a one segment and then restart as a second segment when you have guests normally all right i can record if i want it to an hour if i used a program like audacity or something but it makes it hard to have the second guest. So that's why we take the break, y'all. We ain't got no sponsors. We're going to soon have sponsors. And no. But for right now, <laughs> you know, it's all raw. None. But um, we're back talking about narcissism. And before the break, you know, we were touching on a little bit of, you know, kind of how you can recognize your narcissist and kind of sort of kind of start to figure out all right how do you how do you make them move out you know what I like to call is how do you starve a narcissist and the best advice I can give you is you have to show no emotion you don't don't let them get you caught up short responses minimal interaction and no contact You don't want to feed, like, feeding, you know, showing emotion, long, drawn-out responses. And I've been so guilty of this with my narc. Showing too much emotion. First of all, that'll get you you killed with a narcissist because, you know, then they they know that you care and they're feeding off that energy and they're going to throw it right back at you. The long responses, you're just showing you're way too invested and it's wasting so much time. The interaction, they want to be admired. They want attention. And these long, drawn out interactions, you're just feeding the monster. And the continuous contact, again, you're feeding the monster and you want to starve a narcissist because they love attention. And 
you want to, if you, if your partner's a cheater, you might want to look to see if maybe they might be a narcissist. My narc looked outside of our relationship when I started to starve her. And I don't know if she went through with actually cheating with me, you know, with someone. She was having an inappropriate, you know, relationship, text relationship with someone with an ex-husband, you know, with someone else. And and that's kind of how it starts. You start starving them. They need to get their fix from somewhere else. And so those are key things that you need to look for, you know, as a partner of a narcissist, especially if you've experienced someone cheating on you. You have me on speaker. I can hear hear myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... Hey, I'm just, uh, I don't even see any speaker. I'm just on. It's recording. Yeah, I can hear like feedback coming from your side. Um, So you got to, you got to look, look for those things. And then you start, you starve them. And that's what you really have to do kind of towards the end and figure out how to get out. Now, we didn't touch one of the major things with the narcissist is the the gaslighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would probably say gaslighting on a narcissist is probably their biggest the biggest thing that they do. What is gaslighting, do you ask? I'll tell you guys. So gaslighting is when somebody intentionally twists, you know, your perception of reality for their own gain. Um, and this was kind of based on a play called Gaslight from back in the day. It's old school. I know a little history. You know, I'm a little smart here and there. Um, but let me give you some examples of gaslighting. This might take light some bulbs up for some of y'all. A gaslighting, you know, partner might try to convince you that what you saw, you didn't see. What you said, you didn't say. What you heard, you didn't hear. What you didn't see, you saw. What you didn't say, you said. Or what you didn't hear was there to be heard. That's gaslighting. Kind of like, you know, Donald Trump. (laughs) I mean, prom example. If we want to talk about a prime narcissist, and some of y'all might be fans, and that's okay. But I'm just, I'm just speaking what the, tr- the troops are here, and we've been gaslighted by Mr. Trump at various points in time during his presidency. And these things are it, you know. Oh, last week he says this, but this week he says he didn't say that. Well, no, you were recorded saying exactly that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know. That is an example of gaslighting. And you gotta be able to recognize that. And what it does is it has you basically at this point thinking, am I fucking crazy? (laughs) (laughs) And there was so many times where I thought I was crazy. I'm like, I know I said that. 
And then one thing I've learned dealing with a narcissist is you need to be an expert note taker and you need to save all your receipts. So when they try to deny some shit, you can go back and refer back. You know how many times I had to go back and say, yeah, on March 23rd at 6.57 p.m., you indeed did say that. Let me send you the screenshot just so refresh your memory. You know, and then they try to pull it on you, but then they they got nothing to come back with because I didn't say it, (laughs) you know? And those are the things that you really, really got to look for. And they have you crazy. So, if anything, the gaslighting and the deflection are probably your two biggest red flags in a narcissist. And if you don't get a hold and recognize those, they will drive you absolutely crazy. Would you agree, Anastasia? Agree? Yeah, well, what I wanted to chime in about was um, so when you were taking those notes, I think that's like when you're in it and you want to still engage, right? And you want to have fun or you want to prove yourself or whatever, but you know, it all goes wasted. So I guess you know, the title of your episode is I Love Narcissist, which, if we can all be honest, they are very exciting. We do love narcissists, right? They're more exciting than the average person. I mean, because they got highs and lows and, you know, uh, they are exciting. They're dramatic. They're like, you know, histrionics. Uh, so it's like an exciting roller coaster ride, right? The problem is when you get on a roller coaster, you're going to get off after two minutes. But with the narcissist, you're like on the roller coaster inevitably, which nobody wants to do that. So what I would say about like the gaslighting is, you know, when you were seeing, when you were saying like, am I crazy? I know I said that. So yeah, that's what happens because you haven't learned to trust your own self fully. Right. Because that was me too when I was in it today I would say if I was ever in a position like that again where I had to be like this is so odd that's my red flag if it feels weird it seems odd I know what I said boom I already know so like the red flag goes up which red flags are not red flags that we need to collect you know (laughs) and stick them somewhere red flags are supposed to be deal breakers which that took me a long time to figure out so i would say like for anyone listening with the narcissist the first thing that you really have to do is you have to get to know yourself you really really do and you have to become okay with yourself become okay with like all the things that you can improve on but currently haven't be okay with those things because that narcissist once they figure all that stuff out you're screwed you're literally screwed and they can bring you to a point where you will even and I don't want to say that you will consider suicide but you will want to not be alive if that makes sense you know yeah they will bring you to your knees So, and the older I've gotten now too, it's like, there's like less time. Time is really, right? I feel like life is short. Time is of the essence. And especially now with, you know, 
a lot of us, a lot of our freedoms have been, you know, just taken, you know, I mean, why would anybody want to just spend their time with this individual ever again? They're just not worth it. They're just, they're just, they're not worth it. I think why we end up doing that is because it depends on how far you're in. You know, in, in my last narcissist relationship, I had learned a few lessons for her. So there were, I had a few stop gaps, you know, um, she wanted me to move in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and in most cases, in mm-hmm. prior relationships, I, I did. But this one, I knew, like, there was a part of me that says, do not put yourself in this situation. Because if it goes bad, you, you and your shit will be out on the street and she'll have you homeless in a fucked up situation. Keep your, keep your place. Yeah. And it, is, and it was the best decision ever at the end of that relationship, you know, that, that I did that. And mm-hmm. they want to get you into a corner where they can exert a level of control and power over you. And Completely. if you fight back, I'm like, oh, wait, no, you're not going to control me. You're not going to have any power over me. And they want you to need them. I remember having a conversation with my narc one day and it was about, it was about sex. <laughs> this, this conversation was, was ridiculous. Um, so I'm a guy, you know, I would consider myself an alpha male, but occasionally, you know, I mean, <laughs> the joke, I don't know if you ever seen the meme that says, Hey, sometimes guys, sometimes I want you to come in and pull my drawers to the side too, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, occasionally we want to feel wanted, you know what I'm saying? And so I was getting, mm-hmm. I was kind of getting turned off by always having to initiate every single time. And then if I didn't, it just wouldn't. And her thing was, well, you know, well, uh, you know, I'm, I can be ready to go in any time, and I like sex, and this and that. And, and every guy before me always just did it. And I'm like, but I'm not like any of those guys before you. And I don't, I'm not with you just for sex. Like, you, you got to check off quite a few other boxes <laughs> in my interest level with you. Other than just sex. Because you can get sex anyway. But if you can't fulfill these right. other things, then what what good are you to me? You know, I'm here because I want you, not because I need you. you. You don't do anything for me. And I think that was the hardest part that she, she really struggled with was she really knew in the back of her mind that she really wasn't doing anything for me. But she was trying to figure out things or ways to change that because I was basically carrying the relationship and, and being the giver and doing everything and making all the sacrifices and generally narcissists don't have anything to give back and when you finally kind of show them that hey you're not giving me anything you're not doing anything for me like I'm not getting anything they lash out even more you know, and 
you can't you can't let yourself get caught up in that because it will kill your self-esteem it will kill you inside because they're going to try to make you think that the things that you were doing or are doing for them is completely worthless Mm-hmm. And you have to avoid that. It's hard. A lot of narcissists do use sex, they eat, you know, to their advantage. So a lot of them actually will control the person that they're with by not giving them sex. Um, and you know, I have a I have a female that I'm working with, and it's really fascinating because. If I had to say who she was, she is very cute. She takes care of the kids. She works. She also shares that money, right, with her husband, which I think is important to know because not everyone does that anymore. Um, she handles all the paperwork stuff, if that makes sense. You know, like the taxes and like the bank accounts and all that stuff. So she does all that work, too. She has a hot body. Um, and out of all the females that I know, she would like to have sex all the time which is very very not the norm for most women but her husband will not he will barely have sex with her to the point where she thought like well maybe he just doesn't think I'm attractive well no that's not it but then I nearly lost my shit when I saw him in person not attractive um, not that tall bald like, because he's also an abuser. So you have to understand my image in my mind. But then to see him on top of it, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, <laughs> you could, any husband would love to have this woman as their wife, right? Because most wives, they're like not interested in having sex every day. But let's just be real. And so the reason he holds he takes that away from her is so that she can question her femininity you know what I mean and herself and and all the while though she literally has everything going for her and she can't even see it so people need to know that too like the narcissist is going to also either um, they're going to hold off and not give you sex just to control you because let's be real sex with narcissists is probably the best that you've ever had right i would say most of them i would say this last one was an exception (laughs) okay maybe i'll say like this the sex with my last narcissist was probably the most emotionally charged sex as far as like during but i mean overall the best no, my other narcissisms were better, but <laughs> maybe it depends on the level of narcissist they are. But this one, you know, it was like very, very, like definitely like the intense, deep, like kind of like love making type sex, but it wasn't like the mm-hmm. best. And maybe for me, because you know, I was, I kind of felt like sex with her was a job. Initiated. Because I'm not, I'm not a very sexual person. I'm good one, two times a week. I'm solid. You know, whereas she could, Mm -hmm. I mean, she would say, oh, me and my ex-husband, we have sex three, four times a day. Well, you ain't gonna get that here. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. (laughs) Did they have jobs? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go then. 
You can always count on a dusty to give you like a lot of the right. time. You know. <laughs> and speaking of that, that was one of that was one of the issues was she had a kid in sports. And what I've learned about what I've learned is sports parents, there are a lot of narcissistic sports parents. And she was a sports yeah. parent. I'm not a sports parent. My kid plays one sport. Um, and we were me and his mom were not obsessed about his sports. But she was obsessed about her kid's sports and she was upset with me because she wanted me to go to every practice her, her kids every practice every game and sometimes the kid was in sports like in two seasons that overlapped from like you know hockey and football or baseball and I'm like listen I can't fucking rearrange my whole goddamn life for your kids sports I can't do it I have a job where I'm working mm-hmm. 60 hours a week I mm-hmm. can't do it and it would be the biggest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And she would say, oh, my he used to come to me. She was at every game. And I'm like, you said he didn't work. So you're going to complain about the fact that he didn't work and you had to take care of him. But then you want to say, oh, well, he came to every game. Well, yeah, he had time. <laughs> he had time to be at every game. He had time to free all the fuck three times a day. But he also had time to cheat on you, too. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> you know how you started to defend yourself. You you felt like you you felt the need to defend yourself, like oh well, you know he didn't have a job. I feel like that's another thing with the narcissist when you start to you know gather all your marbles yeah. back. You know, don't defend, don't don't defend yourself because you know if somebody said that to me today, right? If she said you know so and so used to come to every practice, I would say. Feel free to contact that person. Maybe they'll, they'll come. I like that. Yeah. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely later I started doing that. But it, it, it started to get worse yeah. when I started to control, take my control back and knowing that I didn't care. Yeah. You know, and that's when it really right. started to get her, get to her. And even after we broke up, I would go to the kids' game. And one day I was texting somebody, and she, and we were sitting next to each other in the front row. And she was looking at seeing who I was texting. And it was somebody that she didn't like, although I had been texting like five or six people. Um, but I was texting this particular mm-hmm. person. But this person then texted me, and she saw it, and it blew up into this whole big thing. <laughs> I'm like, we're not even together. You shouldn't even be giving a fuck about who I'm texting. And after that game, like, mm-hmm. she changed her son's phone number. Like, she took me off of, like, their little team thing on the team app they had for the game schedules and shit like that. And one day, she texted back and said, oh, well, I thought that you were going to try to get back with me like, you, like we always do after you break up with me. And then she realized mm -hmm. that this time that that wasn't going to happen. So she wanted to control something. And that's (laughs) that control. That's what they try to do. And I was like, you know what? If I had to, if if you're going to push me out of your kid's life for the stupidest reasons, you're not hurting me. You're hurting him. They can't see that. They don't see that. Yeah. 
But you know, also to note how really, really, like, really subtly, you see how she made that comparison between you and her ex? Well, so and so used to come to every game. But when you're in the mix, you don't even understand what's happening. You just, boom, you right. want to go and defend yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I've gotten to a point in life where, with, with anybody, I'm, I'm not going to, to defend myself. I don't, I don't have to. And I've started to realize mm-hmm. that I don't purposely hurt people in life. And there's not a person on earth that can say that I have. Thank God. Now, if you do something and I retaliate, I'm not I'm not gonna say that my retaliations aren't harsh because they are. But <laughs> I don't intentionally hurt people. And so it's just like for now I'm like, no, I'm not going to defend myself. It is what it is. You say what you wanna say, you do what you wanna do, and I'm gonna be over here minding my business and you can be caught up in your own thing because I don't have that kind of time to waste and I'm getting too old to be dealing with this behavior. And Mm -hmm. I just lost my best friend who was also a narcissist. Yeah. That sucks. It is what it is. Sorry. I mean, I kind of knew it, but they were more the covert one that you spoke of. It it, it Mm -hmm. was blatant. Mm -hmm. And I think because it wasn't as blatant, I I allowed it to go on longer and we were friends for six years and I finally had to go like that I'm over it I'm over it (laughs) see for me I don't want to necessarily okay so I don't want to have a partner or spouse that's a narcissist but I do want my Let's say if I want to do some kind of plastic surgery, um, I want him to be a narcissist, you know? Um, I think the group, whoever you hang out with, like, you know, you could, y'all can have a narcissist in the group. You just can't be really tight with the narcissist because the revenge part of it, for whatever reason, is just detrimental. Um, but for big, important jobs, like if you want to have an attorney... Let's say if you want to do like a child custody case, you better go find a narcissistic lawyer because that's going to be your best bet. That's how evil and committed to their agenda they are. Do you know what I'm saying? You just don't, you don't want them as a family member. You you don't want them as your best friend. (laughs) And you definitely want them as your partner. Right. Hard lesson learned. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to learn it again. Not again. But yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of good stuff here, you know, with these narcissists that people need to really, really, really take a step back. And in the part three of the I Love Narcissist series, we're going to talk about how to move on from the narcissist. How to get out and, and maybe go over some situations, various situations of how people are stuck and how you can get out and get away and move on with your life and get you back. Because a narcissist takes a lot from you. 
and and by the time you're done with a narcissist, you're completely depleted of everything. By the time I was done, I was depleted emotionally, mentally, financially, you know, it was bad. And so we now have to go over, okay, how are we going to bounce back? And then when we bounce back, how do we not allow ourselves to get caught up with another one? And so that will be on episode three, y'all. And I just want to, I want to thank Anastasia, the mindset catalyst for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) And, um, you know, go ahead and tell them, tell them where they can find you online, Anastasia. Well, currently I am working on my website, but um, you can find me on TikTok at the Mindset Catalyst. And you will also see that I'm the CEO of Red Flags. And on Instagram, um, if you look up the Mindset Catalyst, you will find me there. All right. Excellent. 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 And this this is going to conclude the show today, y'all. I want to thank y'all for coming out and listening to the show and uh, give showing my wonderful guests some love. If you do not follow me on Instagram, please do give me a follow. I am the deeper one. That is also my Twitter username. And also check me out on Wednesdays and Saturdays on the Station Head app. Wednesdays tonight, Grown Folks Talking, 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and the Weekend Jump Off every Saturday at 1 p.m. And also go over and like my Facebook page, which is also Deeper One. I want to thank y'all. Stay healthy. Stay safe out in here. And um, avoid that narcissist. One love. <laughs> one love and I look forward to seeing y'all on the next episode which will drop next week thank y'all and have a good one